DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined by former BYU wide receiver Dylan Colley. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with the free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Dylan, good morning. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing well. It's a bye week. BYU can put their feet up. No, that would never happen. They're going to work, and they're going to keep getting better. <laughs> what really happens on a bye week? Yeah, uh, it is, it is, it's a good week. It's a fun week, um, as long as you're winning and things are going well, right? Uh, you know, first couple days, either some teams do it on the front end, some teams do it on the back end, but basically you're going reviewing the game film uh, from the previous week, uh, you know, the, the lifting is kind of ramped up just a little bit because you're not uh, really physically getting after it near as much. Practices are shortened. Um, a really, it really is kind of a good opportunity, especially for the scout team and walk-on players, um, to get a lot more live action. There's generally a, a scout bowl that happens every year. Um, and so it's a, it's a good time. Oh, and this is BYU too, so there should be a lot of marriage proposals, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Just getting ready for those December weddings. You know what I mean? I knew you'd play long. <laughs> <laughs> Who's course. playing, right, Dylan? Who's playing? <laughs> oh, brother! So four years back, I think it was, you made uh, this big definitive statement about Zach Wilson that he's going to be as good as anybody played at BYU. And goes up, and we know what happened there. Uh, what do you think about Jaron Hall? Because I got people at BYU telling me that this kid is really—he's great now, and he's going to be even better. Yeah, uh, and and I genuinely do believe that. And I think you know we kind of talked about this early on in the season, but the potential that Jaron has is—you know—the the ceiling is extremely, extremely high, right? And the expectation that everyone has seen and held Jaron to is much, much higher than anybody else would because, one, BYU fans and the culture already have the stigma of holding their you know, quarterbacks to a Heisman year every single year. Um, but even more so coming on after Zach, right, there is this level of expectation. And so um, if you don't think that Jaron hasn't performed to the level that he should be, right, you're, you're dreaming. Um, because, you know, the guy's played in, what, eight games in his college career <laughs> after, you know, uh, going through having the inconsistencies last year and, and coming off of his mission. And this is the first time we've really been able to see him at, you know, full capacity and, and doing it banged up like many people are. But I honestly think where he's at right now is in a really, really good place of, of growth opportunity. I think he's going to finish out the season extremely strong. And what we'll see next year is a huge definitive level up from where he's even at today. I think, I think next year you'll have a really, really clear idea of how good Jaron Hall really is. So while Jaron is a sophomore and BYU fans can dream about uh, two more years of uh, excellence in Provo, there's also the line of thinking that, well, Jaron doesn't actually think all these Britain Covey or old jokes are that funny because he doesn't think Britain's that old. Right. So, <laughs> Which, 
at what point should he be advised to go to the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I personally believe that, like I'm saying, I, I think next year is a great opportunity for Jaron to go to the to go to the next level if he performs to the level that he's capable of. If he can play consistent, if he can play healthy, right? He's going to put himself in a really good position to. And am I sitting here saying the guy's you know going to be a top ten pick? No, absolutely not. But I think going into next season and after a successful season, he's going to find himself in a position where he's going to be able to, you know, play a lot of football um, for the years that he does have and, you know, set himself up for for a really, really good future. Um, But, you know, do I think holding off for the next two years, right, and waiting until he is a senior, uh, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't do it. How about Algier? It seems like he's got to go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, no questions asked, especially as a running back. Your your lifespan as a running back is just so short, especially in today's game. So to not take full advantage of it uh, in the prime where your health has been, you know, you're, you're in great health, right? You're strong. Your fast are only going to get, you know, your fastest is only going to get faster and, and you're strong. I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk. Uh, I wouldn't risk that at all. Anybody else you think is leaving early, or should leave early, or maybe shouldn't leave early, but you think they will? Uh, I, to be honest with you, outside of those two guys, if anybody left early, I think it would be a uh, it would be a mistake in terms of you know maybe what their expectations are. How about right? Puka though? If they have. I think Puka has has one more year in him, and don't get me like I'm. That's not saying Puka isn't like Puka's. Uh, Puka is that next level strength already. I think there are refining, you know, there are refining factors in his game that if he has one more year, uh, will greatly attribute to him. Puka Nakua being a first round pick is not out of the question. Yeah, I see some Austin in him, and. He didn't go on a mission, so he doesn't have the age thing working against him. Mm-hmm. So he could easily come back and still not be considered. Although I think it's stupid if somebody's twenty-three versus twenty-one. What the crap is the difference? Right. If you give somebody ten years, who cares? And when the average lifespan in the league isn't even four full seasons, but I think that uh, since he didn't go on a mission, uh, that could work towards his benefit of coming back next year. Particularly if Jaron Hall comes back, because then you got your quarterback back. Mm-hmm. And you guys were thrown together a little bit in the offseason for the first time. Well, it only stands to reason that next year you'd have a better season and there'd be a better connection between the two. I could not agree more. I mean, I think there was a reason that you had Max Austin and Dennis and Harvey in the position that they were their junior years um, and, the, and the benefit that that was to to Austin, right? Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's got to be the plan. Um, and, you know, Puka is going to leave <laughs> the year after being the highest pick, picked receiver from, from BYU. We're joined right now by Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver. 
PK was talking about how there is some belief around the BYU program that the uh, New Year's Six Bowls are not completely off the table. There is a chance there, and I suppose the most obvious path, Cincinnati has been flirting with disaster here in the regular season. If they lose a regular season game and then lose to a good team in the conference title game, that's two losses. That would seem to be BYU's best path to a New Year's Six, assuming the Cougars went out. What do you think the odds are? Had you really considered that? What do you think? Um, I, I, I honestly haven't considered it. I, you know, that would be that would be awesome. I think in order for that truly to happen, there cannot be if there is a close call, right? You know, obviously, if they don't beat Georgia Southern by thirty, right, and you know, if they go into the USC game and they beat USC, uh, and I'm not saying handedly, right, like by 30 points, but if there's a definitive difference in the two teams to where you can tell BYU is, is that, you know, top tier, they deserve the respect that, that they're getting, um, I think putting them into a New Year's Six Bowl would be would be a good idea. I think it'd be phenomenal for the bowl game itself um, and the attention that, you know, it's going to bring. Um, but, you know, I think there's, there's contracts for a reason. And to be honest with you, for me as a person, and I'm thinking about next season already and, and what the potential is. Meaning that the bowl game doesn't really matter to you that much? Is that the point? Yeah. Like, I'm already, I'm already strung on the, uh, the Independence Bowl. And I think that may be because of the lack and respect that is generally put towards BYU, right? I think if they go in, they beat Georgia Southern by 30, they beat USC, and it's a pretty handed physical win, you know, made by two touchdowns. Uh, I'm used to that being still, hey, BYU doesn't deserve the respect that they're getting, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm just not used to saying, yeah, you know what? Like, playoff rankings and the committee, everyone's going to be like, yeah, this is a really good idea. Let's put them in there. You know, I think we've already seen issues that have come out of the committee, and I don't trust them for anything. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd rather go back to that computer algorithm we were working with a couple of years ago. Yeah, who knows, man? It, it, it's it's impossible to figure out. At least if you had the uh, what would be you know twelve teams. I'm sure the 13th team is going to wind. It's just like with the college basketball tournament, who's yeah. ever the 69th team, and when it was 64, the 65th team. There's always somebody that winds, but when you put in more teams, the credibility of the whiner gets reduced because if you've had ample time to make your mark and you didn't and somebody voted exactly. out, well, that's sort of on you as opposed to this year. I mean, right now, and we, we saw in the first uh, poll – with uh, Cincinnati being out, Oklahoma being out, and Oregon being in, which I was surprised Oregon was in. I didn't, and they're going to stay in, obviously. Uh, and, and well, they got the big game next week against the Utes. They got Washington State this yeah. week, so they could possibly lose. But I was, in, in a sense, I was surprised that the Pac-12 slash Oregon got so much respect. But then I stepped back and thinking, well, what they're doing indirectly is just paying enormous amount of respect to Ohio State. Once again. Yep. Yeah. I, I think there are two ends of the spectrum on that, right? You're giving enormous amount of respect to Ohio State, but I also genuinely believe that on the back end, they're also giving the respect as a whole, you know, the coaches, the AP poll, right, the playoff rankings to, to Fresno State. 
right, and, and the game that, that that Fresno State was able to put together against them. And so because they're, you know, equaling out both sides of that, um, I think I think Oregon is in a, a very good position to be where they are. Now, their chances of, of losing and blowing that opportunity up are typical, especially going into the Civil War uh, with Oregon State. Um, but that's something that is, is definitely up in the air at all costs. I think those bottom the, the three and four are as open as open gets right now. Okay. You buying Oklahoma to go undefeated? Because if they do, they get one of those spots, but they've had a lot of close games and they've still got some, some quality opponents to play. I don't think so. I don't think they get in. I think that there is, and if they do, if they get in and they win out, I think Caleb Williams is probably the most important thing that's happened to that program in quite a few years. Uh, and he sets himself up to be kind of the next Oklahoma quarterback that, you know, finds himself in the Heisman conversation as a young player and, and on to be a, a, a top draft pick. Um, because what that dude has been able to come and do for that team and the talent that he's been able to play at after all the pressure with, you know, the whole Spencer Rattler debacle, uh, you know, that's, that's unbelievable. Like, that is unbelievable the way that he's come in and played. And so I think, you know, if they, if they do win out, you can, you can attribute that to, to the talent and, and ability of, of Caleb Williams. Seems like BYU is getting the ball rolling a little bit better on recruiting in terms of either guys who have high school kids who've committed and then decommit and then decide on BYU. We'll see if they eventually sign. But also some transfers. Now, my thought for you, do you think going forward that BYU will be able to get more of those dudes right off the bat as opposed to either a high school kid making a commitment someplace else and decommitting or a transfer going someplace else and then coming to BYU? I think the transfer going someplace else and then coming to BYU. Uh, I think that culture, which was has been kind of set by Pope and the basketball team, is already kind of trickling over into the football program. And I think that's going to be something that BYU cashes in on in both sports in a major way for years to come. Uh, I think there are going to be a lot of top talents that come in and, and are effective. Um, and I think ultimately that's, what guys want to see is how productive can I be in a program as a graduate transfer and what is it going to propel me to do? Uh, That's something that that BYU has done a great job of. And I think they're just going to continue to, you know, build that out. You think BYU is more likely to land guys who um, we've never heard of, who are somewhere else who think I'm going to go to BYU, big 12 playing time. And, uh, and for a year and take my shot? Or do you think it's going to be more the guys we have heard of, there's more in-state than players than ever going out of state for school, but they decide to come home at some point? More the Puka Nakua story. Uh, I, I, think, I think it's going to be the guys that we've never heard of. I think it's going to be the Tysons, right, of, of the world that, you know, aren't from Utah, right, maybe from East Coast guys that are now seeing the benefit that it is to come to, to BYU. And most importantly, what you're saying is the trust that these guys have in Kalani, A-Rod, right, uh, the offensive staff and the defensive staff, because what they're telling them is actually coming to fruition, right? 
and they're making it a priority now to where when transfers are coming in, you know, there's a reason that they're bringing them in. They're not bringing them in, uh, you know, to to run fake jet sweeps, uh, but they're bringing them in to make them the, the focus point of, of the offense. So you want to go out and run some 30-yard dashes with me today? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd give you eight of them. I'd give you eight good ones. <laughs> Was it always the same, like, uh, we'll, we'll just go with uh, the home stadium. Was it always west to east, or was it ever east to west? No, that was definitely, it was definitely both sides. It was okay. like half-gassers. Okay, okay Lou. Touch the line, come on back. <laughs> Did you even bother to go downfield after the ball was snapped? Did you stand over there? <laughs> no, that was the only. That was like the, that was kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel. It was like, hey, if nothing's open down deep, I might get the check down. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just sit here on the numbers and wait. <laughs> well, you had to collect your breath by then. Now, <laughs> now, if you do this in several stadiums, you know some stadiums are are, are flat, some are crowned for drainage. Do you ever find yourself having to pull up running downhill because you're just picking up speed and running downhill? I think I think the bigger problem was the going uphill issue. Right? <laughs> At the start trying of the jet sweep. Trying to make the rounded cut to get away from the quarterback and the you know not mess up the handoff mesh uh, for the running back. That's where the real worry was. <laughs> you should a couple times just see if anybody noticed, just keep running into the sidelines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was third and eighteen, coach. I didn't think we were converting. It's getting out of the way for the punt team. Not checking down anyway. What's the difference? I'll hang yeah, back in case right. there's a pick return. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, it was jet it was, sweep humor will never grow old. The classics no, never grow old. All right, Dylan, we will let you go. We appreciate the time, and uh, enjoy the bye week, and uh, we will talk to you when you're getting BYU all prepped for the big game in Georgia Southern. <laughs> yep, no question. We'll all talk right. later. Thanks, Dylan. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, <laughs> former jet sweep decoy, joining us here on The Zone. Everybody's got a role. Yep. Not everybody can touch the ball every play. Right. You know? There's really only one guy who touches the ball every play. That's the center. With these wildcats and whatnot, you never can't know. even guarantee the quarterback anymore. Right, you never know. Right, that was so. Everyone's got a role. You got to fulfill your role, and you were the jet sweep, fake jet sweeper, or is it uh, jet sweep faker? <laughs> what would it be? Where would we put in faker? You worry about that during the break. <laughs> Let us know on the other side. Coming up, we're giving away jazz tickets to Jazz and the Hawks tonight. Jazz getting ready for a week full. Well, more than a week full of home games. They're going to be home a lot the rest of the month. But we got tickets to tonight's game to see Atlanta and the Jazz. Atlanta's 4-7, and seven, off to a bad start after a good playoff run. 1-6 and six on the road. Lost at Golden State last night. Steph Curry went for 50, and they got beat. They're going back-to-back against the Jazz tonight. We'll give you tickets to the game. Coming up in our very next segment. Stay with us on the other side. We'll be talking hoops with John Judkins. Dixie State men's basketball head coach is going to get an up-close and personal look at Gonzaga, the number one team in the country. We'll talk with him next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's a trip to Tucson, Arizona for the Utes as they enter the home stretch of their Pac-12 schedule with a showdown against the Arizona Wildcats. Catch the Ute pregame show this Saturday with the postgame show immediately following the game. Ah! From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. 
Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz are getting ready to host the Hawks. We got tickets. Caller number 12 right now, 855-34-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE is the number to call. Caller 12, you're winning tickets to see the Jazz and the Hawks tonight. If you don't win now, stay tuned throughout the day. More chances to win coming up right here on the Zone Sports Network. Ready for some college hoops, PK? Sure, why not? It's a little early, but what the heck. Not, you know, they're not playing necessarily big games early. Although I, I did tell you that, uh, who was it, uh, uh, UC Los Angeles and Gonzaga in a couple of weeks. That's a big game. For sure. Gonzaga playing Dixie tonight. And Mark Few's not going to be coaching. He's suspended. BYU and Cleveland State in Provo. 8 o'clock on BYU TV. Yeah, and I think the Pac-12 has all their teams playing tonight. And they've got, they sent out an email. And they've got these for basketball. They've got like the mountain. Yeah, the regionalized yeah. deals. And so they're all the games are going to be on these regionalized networks. So am I watching the national or the regional on my local cable You'll system? You'll watch the Utes. They will regionalize and I'll be able to see it. Good. Yeah. All right. You pointed it out. Gonzaga, number one, getting ready to face Dixie State. And we are joined now by Dixie State's head coach, John Judkins. John, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We're good. But we're not getting a team ready to face the number one team in America. <laughs> Yeah, how about that? No, we're we're so excited. We're grateful for the opportunity to come up here again and and play and and uh, you know to have it work out two years in a row that we play when they're both they're number one both times. It's uh it's pretty cool, pretty awesome. So we're we're excited. Our guys are ready, and uh, we'll see what we can do. So they got Timmy, who's considered a potential Player of the Year candidate, and this Holmgren kid, a seven footer, is considered the number one recruit coming into college basketball this season and potential number one pick of the NBA draft and your scouting of Holmgren what do you see uh, um, really skinny <laughs> really skinny and long but wow the things that he uh, that he can do uh, I can see why he could he could be uh, that number one pick I mean just handles the ball for a big guy shoots the ball very well from the outside and then again just long and gets to the rim I mean he takes he takes one dribble almost from half court and gets to the rim. It's just a, a tough matchup because you think you could be physical with him and put a bigger guy on him and push him around, but then he's quick enough to, to get by you. And, and uh, it's a tough, a tough matchup. It's going to be for us and for everybody, I imagine. They're number one, and you're building a program. Is there really any area where you think <laughs> we've got an advantage here or just areas where you're thinking, well, this is our best shot, but we have no advantages anywhere? <laughs> yeah, there's there's no advantage. No, I just I mean the thing it is that the advantage part we have is uh, we're underdogs and they might overlook us. Who knows? Um, and our guys are so excited to play. You know, I mean, I think that's the probably the advantage is we want to play this game probably more than they do. So we're 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 excited. And, and again, I I, I think uh, you know watching them and seeing what they do, they're very good like they were last year. Uh, we're we're going to try everything. We're going that's the one thing that we have nothing to lose. So we're going to try everything we can to, to one is to give them a game and to see what we have. And this is our first game of the year. We didn't have any exhibition games at all or anything like that. So we 
we're still in that process of trying to find uh, the combinations. We're trying to find what's going to work, what's going to do. So there's things like that that we're trying to get out of this this game and, and also get ready to build us up for our conference. And we know we have a tough conference, and this is one way to get ready for that. How did this game come about? Or this series, I should say. Um, really, just last year we played them. Um, got a hold of their coaches, and they said, yeah, come on up and play. And we almost didn't. It was pretty close of, with the COVID going on. They had a player. We had a couple of players, and it almost didn't work out last year. And, uh, luckily, the trainers and different people got that to figure out how we could do it, and we did it. And then, uh, you know, we got a call this year and say, you guys want to do it again? And we said, for sure. And it was, it was fun last year, but the crowd, there was nobody here. And so, you know, I've, we've, we've seen on TV, and I've had one of my assistants who played against him when he played in college, and he says, hey, we got to go play the game with fans. I and mean, it's, it's the greatest place to play. And so we're, we're uh, trying to come back and play again. So it's just more phone calls, and I think they liked what we did last year to them. We run a lot of a lot of the stuff that uh, people in their conference runs, and I think maybe they, they think, hey, if we can guard them and play them and get used to that, then when we go to the West Coast Conference, they'll be ready to go. So I think that's the main reason, and we, we hope this keeps going. We hope it's, it's a great uh, great rivalry. Our guys love it. It's a great town. It's, it's just a fun place to play. So having played them, are some of your guys maybe a little better equipped for this game now? I hope so, but three of my guys didn't make the trip. They were starters. We had at one time we had three walk-ons playing at one time, which was still they did quite well. So um, you know, there's a lot of newer new guys or guys that didn't play that, that didn't make the trip because of the COVID, um, and so it's it's still pretty new. It's pretty new, but uh, the good thing is is they've been here. They, they walk in the gym, and the first thing they said is, you know, oh, we yeah, I remember this. We and we did pretty good. We played them pretty good for about eight minutes. Uh, and then it was then it was over. So hopefully we can go a little bit longer this year with that, and, and I think our kids will. They're, they're tough kids, and they'll play extremely hard. So you returned four starters. Uh, is everybody ready to go today? Uh, yeah, a couple injuries, a couple banged up things that we are trying to take care of. Um, but other than that, I think we're, we're, we'll, we'll give it everything we got. We, we're not as big as we thought we were going to be. We didn't. We got one of our players uh, uh, did get into our master's program, and so he decided to head back, and that one hurt us a little bit because he was a big six nine. And so we're not as big, but I think we're you know the guard line, and I think our forward position is pretty good. So we'll we'll see. Like I said, we're going to try a lot of different things just to keep everybody out of foul trouble, hopefully, and and uh, keep our bigs on the floor. So you've got some uh, some other games that will intrigue people. I mean, Gonzaga certainly is an eye opener in the first game, but uh, you're mm-hmm. also going you're going to USC, and you got some in state games coming up too. Yeah, we got so as soon as we get back home, we got uh, Utah. Sorry, excuse me, Southern Utah. Uh, we've been you know being so close to them, trying to get that to be a rival, and, and this year we get to play them home and home, which is huge for us. That's a big one. And then, like you said, the next weekend we're in California, and we get to go play. Uh, Texas State and the winner and loser out of uh, we don't know who's going to win the next one. Then we turn around on Monday and play USC. So uh, it should be should be fun. I mean, when we saw, saw the schedule and we showed our recruits, you know, they were pretty excited about it. So that's that's another great thing to just play these kind of teams. It does help our our recruiting, and, and that's what we got to do. Like you said, to rebuild, we got to get uh, bigger and better players. And and by playing these kind of teams, I think it's going to help us with our recruiting. And guys want to play these guys, and so it should be fun. You speak of SUU. How about building a rivalry with UVU? Yeah, that one's been that one's been there for a while. I mean, when Mark Pope was there, we 
Warrior D2. We played them a couple times in an exhibition game, and it was a pretty good, pretty good rival. And then once we joined the WAC, that made it even more of a rival. Um, you know, like I said, then SEU coming into our league next year, that will make it even better. And then, and then we'll play Weber State this year too at home uh, over Thanksgiving. So we've got a couple local schools and we're playing and we're excited for that we hope we can keep doing that you know we know we got the utah valley we know we got the suu with whack play and now we hope we can get you know byu utah utah state involved uh, maybe in the years to come to, to play so where do you think you stack up in conference play right now as you i mean we'll know more after we see some non-conference games but yeah, well, we we were voted as 12 out of 13. Um, we kind of knew that's probably what we'll be. We're the new team in town, and and uh, you know, last year we we did pretty good. We didn't we didn't cancel one game of COVID, but a lot of teams in our conference did. And and so you look at our record; it wasn't as good as I would like it to have it to be. But but again, we got to play. We got to play, and that was that was a big thing for us as our first years experience the road trips, experience the kind of talent that. The WAC has, and it's it's very good. But we, you know, we lost to to uh, Grand Canyon uh, by three, uh, close game. And they won our conference. Them in Utah Valley won the conference, and then Utah Valley we split with them. So we we felt we felt good about it. Um, I still were a ways to go. I mean, our this this conference is getting bigger and better with the Texas schools adding, and now we're hearing some other movement um, in 2023. There could be some more teams coming in. And maybe some going out, we'll see. But uh, this the WAC is getting a lot better. When we first joined it, um, we didn't have all these teams like we do now, and so it's it's going to be tough. There's no question. And the travel going to Texas is quite a long ways to go. But um, you know, everybody's got to do it, and we'll we'll figure how it how it figures out and go. So I always thought your brother Jeff was overrated as a shooter. You're better than he was, weren't you? <laughs> no, he could. Uh, he could shoot. He always wanted me to play with him because I'd pass him the ball, you know. So he would, uh, yeah. He spent a lot of time in the gym shooting. Let me tell you, he did. So it was. We always joked about it. He's a better shooter, but that's all he could do. Or I kind of had the ball handling skills and the defendant to play defense. He couldn't do that very well. well so plus, you always. So. You're better looking, though. That's for sure. Yeah. There you go. That's what my <laughs> wife keeps telling me that all the time. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> you shovel less snow. You got that going for you. Oh, uh, that's the only way to go. This is great. I mean, we we get up here and it's raining and snowing. I mean, St. George right now it's seventies in the low, in the high seventies. It's 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 unbelievable. So yeah, it's it's amazing when I move there. How many uh, family members sure come shop stop by <laughs> see you? <laughs> they all want to visit you. It's true. It's certainly a very pretty area with the Red Rock and all that, and the weather's better. How much can you use that to your advantage to recruit? No, that's exactly what we do use. Um, it's a beautiful place. Our facilities are getting better. They're they're doing a lot of upgrades on those and just, you know, making it a nice, a better place. But I'll tell you, our tan's blown up. If you haven't been there for a while, I mean, people are catching on and moving there. And, and we we want to kind of keep it a secret because we don't want too many people there. But it's it's a great place to live, great place to raise your family. And then when we bring recruits in, they just can't believe the, the – you know all the things to do the hiking the riding the bikes the golfing the going to the lake and there's so many things to do down there that uh that people are attracted to it they want to come there's no question we keep hearing high school football in the state keeps improving and it seems to be backed up by the recruiting numbers and they aren't just words it seems to be the truth but in basketball we're not hearing as much how many whack caliber players are there in the state how much do you lean on vegas phoenix southern california and how much you can lean on transfers 
Yeah, we're trying that a lot. It's it's picking up. It's just uh, you know, again, the division two, division two stuff for us. Um, you know, but also the high school, like you said, we we used to, we got a couple of them from region nine now. It's region ten. Uh, a lot of them right now are on missions. You know, Utah State has signed a kid from from Cedar City that, that was pretty dang good. And, and there's there's some other ones that um, we had one last year that went to Eastern Washington this year. So there's there's some out there. It's just, you know, trying to get them into our program. We've done probably more of it as a basketball side, taking the local kids more than anybody else. But our, our football team's starting to do it, like you said. And, and uh, football's picking up. You know, it's a great place to play and practice, and it's not cold. And we're hoping to have the state tournament down there, I guess, this last this coming up. But, uh, but Ridgeline uh, beat one of our teams. If we would have both Region 10 teams down there, they would have had it there in our new our new uh, facility. So it could have been could have been fun. But we are recruiting a lot different, being in the WAC and and now expanding to the Texas area. It even opens up our recruiting area even more. I mean, we're out there a lot in Dallas and and doing some recruiting because we can bring guys back. My point guard right now is from Texas, and so we. You know, we're trying to get more of those in our league because if there's so many teams there, they still their families can still watch them play quite a bit. So it's really opened up our recruiting going this Division One. Well, Coach, good luck. Number yeah, I need one it. ranked. Need it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Number one ranked yeah. Gonzaga. Shock the world. Yeah, we're gonna do. It. There it is. Chaminade. Try to sneak. We're gonna try to sneak six guys on the course to see okay. if you catch it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Coach. Hey, thanks for, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. John Judkins, Dixie State men's basketball coach. Dixie State, a 40-point underdog at Gonzaga tonight. Lost by 45 to him last year. Yeah, but that was last year. That's right. That was last year. <laughs> Gonzaga's number one again. But Dixie State's closing the gap. Now, Gonzaga has a bunch of new guys. I mean, they, they don't have any four-year guys in their program right now. Not really how they roll, is it? Well, it was. Or at least if they didn't have four-year guys in the program, they had senior transfers. Right. And they are bereft, which is a fancy word. I'm not even sure what it means. <laughs> but they are bereft of that this year, reading up on them uh, a couple of weeks back for the start of the season. Uh, they were talking about having so many new dudes. but So, so many talent. talented new dudes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this home run does. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for the $59 Furnace Tune-Up. They got a special $59 Furnace Tune-Up special, and you can visit them online at Lee'sHeatAC.com. Your feedback. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. PK. Most of us listen to the sports to get away from the distractions of life. While your persnickety perseverance to insert politics into sports is admirable, it's also disgusting. Stop it. <laughs> what politics? Uh, you referenced Trump this morning. You did. I didn't reference Donald J. Not Trump. As a, not as a noun or a name. Oh, now he's going to give me particles of speech. La-di-da. Listen to your particles of speech. You went to Arizona State and you correct my particles of speech all the time. You can handle it. I don't even remember the comment. I, politics uh, bores yeah. me beyond belief. I'm not interested in politics. Get out of town. Craig, you're a dumb hole, PK. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing, crying emojis. Do you remember that? 
I do, but don't remember the context. <laughs> I'm making it a promo. I tell you that. <laughs> what, what? What was it? Uh, Frank was on the air. Frank Dolce was on that. the air. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. And I said something, and you labeled me a dumb hole. Right, but I, you... I don't remember what it was <laughs> okay, I said. I that's don't know. what I'm talking about. I don't remember. That's how much I can narrow it down. I'm narrowing <laughs> it down. People think when they talk to us later in the day that we can remember why we said stuff and what we said. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta narrow it down for me. Yeah, I know, totally. <laughs> There's a lot going on over four hours. We can't sit here and think about what happened an hour ago. <laughs> we got to be on to the next thing. Yeah, All the no. people jumping in the car. We had a consultant tell us once, and he was both uh, uh, brilliant and a dumb hole at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. We thought he was a little more on the brilliant side. Locked that. He was a little more on the dumb hole side. True. But uh, he told us, and this is true, this is uh, one of the things that really stuck with me. He said, every segment is a show. So your average commute time in this town is like 22 minutes. Yeah. People who have a 45-minute commute who are coming in, you know, Utah County to Salt Lake County or Davis County to Salt Lake, something like that, they listen to two segments. Those are the people who listen for a long time. So it's one or two segments. It's got to make sense. All stories have a beginning and middle and end. Your segments do. Your stories do. Focus on that. So we get four segments down the road. I don't know. <laughs> Tough to recall. <laughs> Tough to recall. I know you said it, but I can't remember why. I know I said it too, and I don't remember. I was you said something, <laughs> and you didn't like it. <laughs> oh, I was just having fun. Tom Wimmer tweets at us. I would like to point out that Utah played their best game of the season thus far in November. It's November. It's like the Twilight Zone. We'll see. For all the times the Utes have struggled in November, they seem to be picking up speed right now, playing sure. better and improving. Oh, there's no question about that. I agree. Right. All right. Corrections and retractions, and just to update you Explanations. On Explanation. What was happening when that happened? It's because you have that this long-held belief that you want to see BYU and Notre Dame play Oh, that was it? Game. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Good. We came out. That's not going to happen, you dumb hole. Dumb hole came out. <laughs> they threw the they threw the Coastal Carolina game together. You're both going to need another big time win. Do it. Do you have to play it in like Hawaii to get that rule? You got to get out of the continental U.S. Well, It'd probably be easier to go to Vancouver, Hawaii. Toronto, or Montreal. But well, sure, then Catalina. Hawaii doesn't have a stadium. The problem is right now Aloha Stadium. Okay. Not going to go play in that five thousand seat thing. Catalina, Catalina man. Island. Catalina man. got a stadium. We'll build one. <laughs> I mean, they put together the baseball thing and. And like overnight, practically, they're out in the middle of Iowa, and then at the yep. little league, and they can they finagle uh, footballs into baseball stadiums for bowl games. And they play hockey and in, in uh, baseball stadiums. Hockey at Wrigley Field. Come on, come on. Go to the Saddle Dome in Calgary and call it a day. There you go. All right, there are options. Make yeah. it happen. It's not happening. No, I know it's not. Next year in Vegas, it's happening. We're ready. Eleven months. All right, DJ and PK, uh, we got another one here. Tafisi, Tomata, Moana, whatever. <laughs> that's, that's Clint making fun of you. You were talking, were you talking recruiting at that point? And running through different guys and then wandering off track? <laughs> Just listen to all the guys they got. There's some lesser known dudes, yeah. Bunch of vowels in their names. Craig calling PK a dumb hole, not a dumb hole, a proud Nimrod. Oh, wasn't that that was from way back? The yeah. Nimrod, some some school. We got T-shirts on that, right? Uh, some was it in Illinois? 
Their their nickname was Minnesota someplace. Their Michigan. Uh, I'm trying to name the township. Yeah, their, their nickname is the Nimrods. Yeah. And our good friend Shasta Trailer, you guys yeah. have shirts that yes. he ordered for you. Yes, I, I I know exactly where it is in my house. There it is. It's got our names on the back. Nimrods. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to share with the people before we make way for Jake and Ben and Jake's triumphant return from a long weekend? Oh, they've got uh, Jazz got to win, man. I'm expecting wins for everybody tonight in basketball. Oh, with all the college games? Including Dixie State, huh? Well, maybe not Dixie State. But you expect within, BYU to beat Cleveland State. Within our signals uh, signal. And okay, you expect Utah enough. to beat Abilene Christian. I do. And Utah State hosts UC Davis at the Spectrum. Coverage is on the zone tonight, 7 o'clock. I do, yes. There it is. Weber State's got Western Colorado, so that ought to be a win as well. I do, yes. UBU's going to Boise State. That might not be a win. Well, they're not playing home. I mean, all the teams that are playing yep. home. All right, DJ and PK, we're out of here. Jake is coming up next with Ben right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.